Hey girlies, welcome back! And if you're new here, hi! Welcome to Swan Speaks, where I basically get to talk about pretty much anything going around in my community and even on social media. This topic will be about yours truly, social media. Social media has a lot of good sides, but within that, there is a lot of bad sides as well. I personally used to be a pretty big stan on stan Twitter, and I used to have an account that had over like about a thousand followers, which I thought was pretty big myself, but <laughs> it's not that big. Um, and I used to be pretty active on it, but slowly as I've gotten older, I've started to use it less and less and started to realize how much I actually used to use social media, specifically Stan Twitter, um, throughout my life. I use it as a form of escapism to just escape from, you know, all the craziness that's going on in this world. And although we tend to focus on the good forms of escapism and how, you know, you can go on Stan Twitter to easily chill yourself up and to make yourself feel better and, you know, avoid personal conflict, there is that elephant in the room of the bad forms of escapism that needs to be addressed. We're talking about toxicity, we're talking about fan wars, or attacking people online based on personal preferences, cancel culture, cultural appropriation, all of that will be addressed in this episode. And before I begin, let me just say that I do not have the best speaking voice, so if I stutter, just be be with me on this one. Like, I'm not a speaker, I'm just here to talk and chat, and you know, we'll see where this episode takes us. With that, welcome back to another episode of Swan Speaks, where I basically get to talk about anything that I want, which are usually rants about anything that's going on in my community. Um, me being in a predominantly white institution slash school, but yeah, they're usually rants about pretty much anything, but that will be a topic that will, you know, continue on throughout each and every episode. However, I do talk about other stuff, I do talk about pop culture, I talk about social media, I talk about schools and everything and of all that sort. So just be prepared for all the topic changes. Today we are going to talk about stan culture and more specifically K-pop stan culture since I am an ex-K-pop stan. I didn't say I'm an ex-fan, I'm still a fan. I'm just not a stan, and there's a difference with that. So let's just dive in. Okay, so I guess I should start this topic off with saying just my history of stan culture, and this, you know, wouldn't be an entire conversation if I didn't told you what I actually stan. So me, I used to listen to a variety of K-pop groups, but before that, I actually was a One Direction stan. Even before that, I was like a Dan and Phil fan, 
but don't worry, I wasn't like, you know, crazy toxic, like a, a fan fan, but <laughs> I was a Dan and Phil stan. Then after a while of their hiatus, I moved on to One Direction around like late 2015. Bad idea because One Direction obviously disbanded after those years, <laughs> which brought me many tears, but even after the year of 2015, I continued to like One Direction, continued to listen to their solo projects. I remember when Sign of the Times dropped, I <laughs> stayed up till the 12 a.m. drop, which was really <laughs> um, a pinnacle of my life because I woke up to that just masterpiece, and it was really fun. Then after a while, I kind of realized that I shouldn't necessarily continue standing One Direction because One Direction wasn't a thing anymore. Now it's just their solo projects and everything. And I guess I kind of missed liking that group mentality, liking that there's, you know, different characters and different personalities and everything. And I like the idea of friendship too. So that kind of didn't let go for me. And seeing them being like solo groups it didn't necessarily make me see that and I know that sounds depressing like I like the idea of friendship but that's kind of what you know liking groups is all about seeing that connection and so around early or yeah like April of 2017 I think I saw knock knock by twice trending on twitter and i didn't even know who the hell twice was but <laughs> ever since i saw that trending i clicked on it i watched the music video knock knock and you know at first i thought it was kind of weird because i wasn't really necessarily a k-pop fan but i you know i heard about it and i saw it for the first time and i was just like oh this is kind of new you know i don't know if i'll get used to this then after like a couple weeks later, I just, it was like an earworm, that song in specific. Like I couldn't get that stuff out of my head. So like that shit kept on playing through me every single day. And towards one day, I actually listened to the song. And I actually started to get to know about every Twice member in the group. And after that, history was made and I became a twice stan. Then obviously twice wasn't the only group that I liked. I also liked BTS and I liked, um, oh, child, I liked Mamamoo, you know, before all of their scandals happened. <laughs> I thought they were a pretty decent group. I did listen to a little bit of Exceed and Luna. I was majorly, majorly, is that even a word? I was a major girl group fan. I loved girl groups. I just don't know why, but like girl groups have that impact that's like 10 times better than like guy groups. Like I just can't see guy groups doing what girl groups do. Anyway, that's like a different topic, but yeah, I was like a major girl group fan. But, you know, after a while that sort sort of slowly started to die out inside of me and the reason why is because I was growing up now I started k-pop around like 
7th or 8th grade of middle school, I did not have many friends at the time. In fact, I lost a lot of my friends due to uh, just terrible miscommunication. And it's something that I still haven't repaired. It's been years and has not been repaired. And it's often hard to talk to the friends that I used to have. It's really sad that, like, <laughs> looking back at those days, I kind of used K-pop and just overall stan culture to replace what I didn't have. I looked up to, you know, these groups, these K-pop groups, seeing them having friends, being friendly, joking around. And I used that as a source of entertainment for myself because that's something that I didn't have. And that's something that plays not only in K-pop culture, but like in literally every single fandom culture, especially specifically with groups. That you see them and you see them are happiness and it just kind of is easy to disassociate yourself with your own reality and imagine that you're as happy as them by watching them be happy, if that makes sense. I don't know if that made sense, but yeah like it's just it was like that for a while and you know it's been like that not even for a short period of time but I've started to become like that for long periods of time I remember I had a deep-rooted depression and it was so easy for me to just like use k-pop use stan twitter as a form of escapism and picture myself as this mega confident beast when in reality like I'm just like a timid like timid werewolf <laughs> timid wolf like for real and I think that's even like another topic to even discuss about which is we tend to lose ourselves in stan culture we really do tend to lose ourselves and even my example is a good example of trying to lose myself from picturing myself in other people's perspective and other people's lives. But when I mean that we tend to lose ourselves, I mean that we often rationalize, we often put ourselves in other people's thoughts and ideas to get accepted rather than listen to our own thoughts and state our own opinion deep down and I guess that can go for like what's going on right now modern day politics you know all that crazy stuff that's happening on but specifically in stan culture that's been something that I've been seeing a lot and an example of this is kind of like a petty example right now but since you know I was a twice fan People often hated their single knock-knock and made fun of it. So when people say that, you know, knock-knock is a good song, people often get bashed for it and they get bullied for it. They say, oh, you don't got no taste. You don't got that whatsoever. Now imagine that, but like in a greater context, okay? Because <laughs> that's just a little example. People don't like one song they get bashed for it and whatever and people could try from getting bashed for that from getting bashed from that situation they try to 
just change their thoughts and per- perceptions and actually start to dislike what they used to like. And that is not only something that shows up with songs, that's something that shows up with just opinions on anything like scandals cultural appropriation is one of the biggest scandals in k-pop which is quite ironic because k-pop was literally built on popular opinion but k-pop like about a half or a majority of k-pop was built off of black culture and i'm not saying that k-pop is black no i'm not but like the rap lines the some of the dance moves some of just the overall vibe the trap music implemented from black culture and there's nothing wrong with that because usually sometimes and we see it sometimes sometimes it's used in a good way it's used in a good light to appreciate black culture and show respect from that but then we see it in bad lights we see k-pop idols call themselves dark darker like a monkey or say the n-word in korean and they try to dismiss that like i remember there was numerous accounts of idols saying the n-word in korean and people tried to change it and say that oh no it's a term of endearment it means that you're cute like a like a black puppy but the literal translation of that word was the (laughs) n-word like that situation ew anyways but like yeah that and like people in k-pop using african culture using black culture as a punchline making fun of it calling anything black anything that relates to african reggae reggae style like come on now it's just a mess that is something anyways i bought bought that up to say that that is something that's a major issue in k-pop one of the main reasons why i left k-pop was specifically of how non-black people or just you know any person who isn't a poc or doesn't understand the struggles of minority the way that they treated people when it came to cultural appropriation when any fan you know they can still support them or whatever they come out and say i have your support but you were wrong about doing this you shouldn't have done this think about your fans think about your black fans they say something like that and like every single non-black fan comes at their throat for expressing their opinion on the scandal like that's what I'm just like and some people try to like some black people in k-pop try to rationalize it try to say oh it's not a big deal you guys try to take the stance of non-black people and say hey guys you're overreacting he means it as a term of endearment like miss girl (laughs) let's not embarrass yourself (laughs) Uh uh-uh we all know that was not no term of endearment but yeah we see the rationalization of some stands some black stands and that and it's just not it it's toxic you know comparing yourself to a slave 
while wearing overline lipstick is toxic. I know I'm definitely going to get dragged for that, but I know that I have an opinion as a black K-pop stan to talk about these issues because these issues are hurting other people, okay? We need to stop babying these idols. We need to start understanding that these are grown men, these are grown women who have probably taken a history class one point of their lives and if they didn't know you know what they did was offensive can they at least get educated from this experience can they at least listen to their fans their international fans and see why they're so upset and the way that people just try to brush it off aside and say that oh you know these scandals aren't as big of a deal this is why nobody likes international stands. That's like one of the main reasons why these K-pop idols aren't learning from the mistakes. They are still doing the same mistakes 24-7. And like I said, I didn't want to specifically talk about K-pop. But since this was, you know, a big part of my life, a big part of my uh, standing phase, I solely look at that as an example of how toxic sand culture was and it's actually kind of funny because people who are outside of k-pop k-pop stan twitter think the most toxic thing that a k-pop stan would do is to spam a bunch of fan cams on everything and i find that really funny because i think that fan cams are unharmful at the least like I, I don't find anything wrong with fan cams. The only thing I could say is I could see where people say it's annoying, but people think that that's toxicity in K-pop. Whee! <laughs> that's a lie. There are so many toxic stuff in K-pop. I feel like fan cams would rank literally number a thousand of how many toxic shit is in K-pop stan Twitter. Another reason why I left was fan wars and if you don't know what fan wars is or if you were living under a rock fan wars is basically when two fandoms two completely different fandoms you know argue and pivot against each other for something that those two fandoms share in common and we see this a lot we see this a lot with groups specifically k-pop groups i think fandoms and k-pop Fan wars in K-pop are one of the worst fan wars I've ever seen. I used to live in One Direction, the One Direction era, where they had fan wars with, I don't know who it was, like, uh, what was it called? Um, shoot, what was that one boy group called? There we, I'm glad you came. I forgot what they're called. Anyways, they're like Australian or something, and they have like a little like Twitter argument altercation or something and oh my gosh like <laughs> it's not to say that it wasn't toxic because it was but that was the corniest shit I've ever seen compared to the k-pop stand wars oh my gosh that is the most preschoolest thing I've ever seen and I feel like I rather go back to one direction stand wars compared to k-pop stand wars the reason why K-pop stand wars are so vicious, specifically now even, is because of COVID. C 
COVID has really pressured a lot of people to go back and resort to the internet, resort to going on Twitter, checking their social medias. And when we don't have the opportunity to connect with other people in person, we tend to do it online, especially if there is a platform where you can connect to people who like the same things as you. I would do it in a heartbeat too. That's why a lot of people are on Stan Twitter, which is a good thing. However, with Stan Twitter, there is a lot of bad, bad things that happen. And you have to be, like, really strong. And, you know, also, no offense, but, like, have a life outside of Stan Twitter to have a successful Stan Twitter. Because if you don't have a life outside of Stan Twitter... I'm sorry girls, but fan wars, you will you will contribute in fan wars if you do not have a life outside of Twitter. And that's probably one of like the lowest things ever to, you know, be in fan Twitter. I'm sorry. Like I just simply don't like fan wars. I don't find it necessary. You're in a group and community with people that like the same thing as you. You meet new friends, you talk to new people, you, you know, make fan art, you do poetry, fan fiction. There's so many things you can contribute to this experience, but I feel like taking part and bullying others and bullying what people like or whatever, and specifically just like being a bitch about, you know, the differences people like it's just unnecessary it's really unnecessary and it's just a raging roar of negativity like with you would think with all of these positive you know affirmations bought from uh the internet meeting new people that like the same thing as you and you know contributing to like fan art and all that stuff you think that we wouldn't have to argue with random people for not liking the same thing like that I just find that so low I find it also low that people will take the time to just have accounts for hate in specific like just for hating these type of people I I just don't understand that and in terms of k-pop relating to all of this you would have a group compared to your group which these group by the way these k-pop groups they're most likely friends they're most likely talk to each other on i don't know if i'm saying this right so don't bully me i think it's like cacao i don't i'm not saying that right it's okay <laughs> they you but you get it they have line ids they're talking to each other on twitter or whatever they're probably mutual and seeing their fans being petty against the other fandom is so it's just so childish like what are we learning from this what are we gaining from this what's the point in all of this and it makes me mad especially to see you know since these are usually like gender fan wars divided by um gender like girl group versus girl group boy group versus boy group 
it kind of saddens me sometimes when I see fan fandoms of girl group versus boy groups argue and fight online because that's when toxic masculinity that's when um what's it called well I guess not necessarily toxic masculinity but that's where internalized misogyny that's the word um that's when that pops in a lot and you know k-pop the um (laughs) i forgot what i was about to say the fandom built upon k-pop like in general we are made up of a lot of women and that's just a fact like there are k-pop stands that are male but women predominantly stand k-pop musicians so seeing k-pop women who like boy groups bully people who like girl groups and make fun of those girl groups specifically because of their body because of the way they dress because of them being a woman it just doesn't add up to me i feel like that's just toxic within itself it's something that i never understood seeing other women calling successful and rich women sluts or whores with the way that they dress and seeing that come from you know a person who stands guys and is a woman (laughs) it's just something that doesn't make sense to me like why would you do that you're a woman yourself would you like getting called this and that for doing a profession that you chose to take that you know what's right for you like these idols are not doing it for charity work they do it because they know that it's their profession they love performing they love singing and dancing why can't we just all chill for a moment and support them for that but no you're taking it a whole different level you're bullying someone for the way they look you're bullying someone for being a woman and doing womanly things like i just don't understand where that comes from and then with also that there's also a sense of bullying guy groups for having femininity and i don't see this specifically in k-pop fandoms because k-pop in general is pretty open to um male femininity because a lot of k-pop male idols wear makeup they do their hair they wear you know things that aren't traditionally masculine quote unquote and i love the way that you know k-pop stan culture embraced that but those who are outside of k-pop specifically are the ones to just be overtly rude and just straight up toxic within masculinity upon that subject and i just don't i don't know why that that has been a thing that's something that america needs to work on (laughs) not only america but all around the world let's stop that i mentioned this before but i was talking about how i basically lost myself from stan twitter and I realized that I hadn't necessarily gone over that to the extent. So, as I said, um, I kind of entered the K-pop fandom, the fandom fan Twitter, at an age where I didn't have much friends or any interactions. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I 
resorted to Twitter most of my life for the attention because, and (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that because me personally, I wasn't getting the attention that I got outside because I didn't have any friends. I lost all my friends and I, you know, due to miscommunications and I was pretty much alone for the first couple halves and, you know, my whole coping mechanism with having not that many friends or with trying to ignore what was going on in my actual life my whole coping mechanism for that was going on sand twitter and not only was that toxic but in general it was just straight up straight up garbage for me and my mental health i basically lost myself because not only was i you know, forced to become in a bandwagon with, you know, all the fun and digestible fandom wars. (laughs) Not only was I, like, told that I should participate in these actions to defend my faves and, like, you know, just overall rationalizing, but I was in a place where I lost pretty much everything about me like it sounds really dark but like you know how I mentioned how I lost my um attention like I didn't get much attention back then so I resorted to that to get attention and the ways to get attention are through likes or through retweets or through shares through comments and just overall interactions so those interactions are what would be called, you know, a conversation today, or a compliment, or a pep talk, and they're in no way in comparison to talking to people in real life, so I lived off of that for like three years, and obviously all of these interactions would have to do with what I loved at the time, what I stand, and you know, at first it was fun, you get to talk to people who like the same thing you liked, and you get to meet new people and people agree with you or whatever and that feeling in your chest it lasts for a long time until you start to realize how much you've actually missed in real life like you will not get a like a retweet in real life like it doesn't matter like yes you got brownie points for having a hit tweet a hit tweet on twitter but Once you realize that you can easily deactivate your account, but you can't easily deactivate your real life that you're living living in right now, you realize how you can't compare your life to your social media life, your stand life. Stand life will never be as comparable to actual life. There are so many things that I've simply avoided to do or to come across by focusing myself on sand Twitter and using it as an escapism method. And the more that I do that, the more I got used to it, the more addicting and just overall toxic it got to me. I kept on thinking that there was gonna be this reality where, you know, everything wouldn't necessarily matter and that, you know, it all depends on what I like and what I stand that's going to keep me being alive. And honestly, living for 
people as toxic as the sound wasn't that bad because I really felt like I had something to contribute to in life (laughs) from just simply liking a group. I felt a part of something huge, a part of a fandom, a family sometimes, and I just really felt included. But when you realize that you have a life outside of that fandom, outside of talking about BTS, outside of talking about Twice or Blackpink, you realize that there's there's not necessarily that warm feeling of being a part of a family anymore. There's not going to be people who like the same thing as you. And you can still, like, obviously, you can still, like, be a fan, but, like, having stand behaviors as you grow up isn't going to be the best look in the long-term run. I mean, I don't know. I probably shouldn't say this because this is just my experience, and I know that there are people part of um, fandoms who are, like, in their 30s and 20s, but you do know that they can be inactive sometimes. They can have other stuff to struggle with and it can probably balance their stand life with their normal life i'm saying that if you can't find that balance and if you're just relying on your entire well-being on a fandom and fandom life then you're not in the best state and you need to get out of it really fast or else you will lose everything about yourself like me after getting out of um sand twitter just for a little example some of the questions that are always being brought up to me are some of the easiest questions that some people could easily just you know answer right away some of the questions are like oh what do you see yourself doing in the next 30 years or um what college you want to go to what's your dream school or I don't know, something like, what are five traits that you would describe yourself um, to somebody? I don't think that made any sense. What are five traits that you would describe yourself as? That was actually one of the hardest questions I could ever answer because I didn't know myself. I didn't think I was that creative enough. I didn't think I was that smart. I didn't think I was, you know, I didn't think I was pretty. (laughs) I really compared myself to a lot of people. And I know that this doesn't have anything to do with like fandoms or anything that I'm talking with to begin with. But it just shows that like if you're struggling with like mental health, if you're struggling with like, you know, antisocialness, fandoms are something that can help for a short term but will not help in the long run because soon you're going to need that attention soon you're going to need that attention from people in real life whether that's you know a hug from recent bad news or a moment of encouragement for something that you did right you're going to need that type of interaction that's some interactions that you could probably find on the internet but it won't be the same as something you would find in real life and talking about fan twitter and fandoms you can't necessarily talk about some things that you've accomplished in real life 
I mean, unless you're a big account and, like, you have a bunch of followers that listen to every word you say. But, like, if you're a small account on the small end and you're talking about some really big shit that's happening in your life that's just going terrible, I bet you, like, not that many people are going to listen to it. And I'm being honest because this has happened to me. I, you know, it's just not going to be the crowd that you would expect it to be because people i hate to break it to you but people on twitter are not counselors they came here for the same exact reason for that feeling of escapism for that feeling of thrive sometimes happiness sometimes bitterness they're here for an alternate reality most of the times and that's why stan twitter exists because people want to be happy with the things that they love So if you try to divert it and change it to something that, you know, is happening on in your life or going on in your life, maybe people will, you know, talk about it depending on what it is. But I know from personal experience, me talking about me having like a 15 tweet rant about, you know, going through loss and griefing. Nobody was talking to me. Nobody DM'd me or reached me out or anything. I guess that's just me. (laughs) That's just me, I guess, not having, like, friends on Twitter. (laughs) But still, knowing that that had happened and I could go on with my day afterwards and retweet a video of, like, Twice Dancing and get, like, two likes on the same post that I retweeted like it just proves that like nobody necessarily cares about what you're going through unless it has something to do with what they like and that sounds so mean (laughs) and so cruel but like it's kind of what it's the harsh truth and yeah I just feel like a bitch saying that but I'm sorry that's what sand twitter is and That was another reason why I left. Okay, those were all of the reasons why I left Stan Twitter. I know for many other people, there are different reasons, or maybe they're still on Stan Twitter, and that's fine. I'm not entirely saying that you should leave Stan Twitter (laughs) from all of these instances. That's not my goal. My goal is to reach out to those who may feel like they are addicted to a certain social media, especially stan social media, because the toxicity and the negatives of stan media is something that does not get much awareness. Like, we are so used to talking about how social media, period, is bad for you. But we don't talk about these internet forums or these stand groups or we don't talk about this. And I do think that there are times where fandoms can get toxic. We need to talk about it a lot more, especially when it revolves to people who are introverts, people who are antisocial, and people who simply just want to have fun and are having know a pretty crap life to begin with people who are going through mental health struggles in my opinion shouldn't enter in stan twitter 
stand social media at all. At all. There's a certain time where you have to realize the difference between simply having a hobby and, you know, borderline obsession. And I've definitely crossed the line numerous times by using my favorite group as a way of coping. And, you know, it did work. It did work at some times, I gotta admit. But, you know, if I'm gonna keep on relying on that, on those people who don't know me, (laughs) and, you know, calling them my idols, and, like, relying on them for my mental health, my mental sake, it did not get me anywhere. It made me back to square one, made me feel ten times more lonelier than normal, and, you know, it didn't really, like, help me get to understand and truly know myself. So I'm glad that this era is over of me being a stan. But, as I said from before, this by no means is any way of discouraging people from joining stan twitter or becoming a stan honestly if you are as confused about it as you know any local should be (laughs) i suggest trying it out maybe but yeah try it out see how it is it's fun like it's fun at first but just stay away from getting too attached to it is what i can say because there's no shame in liking things and finding people who like the same thing as you so honestly i would encourage people to have a stand twitter account but at the same time knowing what i've went through i wouldn't want somebody to go through the same types of attachment when it comes to stand twitter so i'd say proceed at your own risk other than that That concludes this episode of me ranting about my early day stand life. And I really hope that you enjoyed this because hopefully I won't have to talk about this again. (laughs) Other than that, um, have a nice day, night, and I, yeah, (laughs) thank you for listening. Have a good day.